Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, Section 9. What Philip did from 1571 to 1576 inclusive. In the year of Christ, 1571, Giovanni Anemucha breathed his last in the presence of Philip, his mind entirely at peace. He was one of Philip's disciples, a very devout man, who for more than 15 years had abstained from consorting with his wife, Lucrezia, a woman of equal devotion. After that time, through their desire for a still greater degree of perfection, his wife requested him to make a vow about what he had formerly done spontaneously. This was five years before his death. She then imitated his action by making the same vow to God very gladly, and she kept this vow happily to the end of her life. They did this with the Holy Father's permission although he showed himself extremely reluctant to grant it, knowing well how many perils there are in this life and what traps the devil sets in his jealousy of the good. On the 9th of January in the year 74 of our century, a man called Alfonso came to our oratory to attend the discourses. As he was starting for home, an hour before sunset, he encountered Anemucha, the one whose death I have mentioned, in the corridor of San Girolamo. Anemucha asked him, as if he were still alive, what was happening at the oratory? They have finished the singing, he replied, and the fathers have finished their discourses. He then added, do you want to see Father Philip? I cannot, replied the dead man but I want to ask his prayers. So if you are sympathetic to me, please ask him to give me help in my needs. And having said that, he vanished. That reminds me to say something about Enemuchia's wife, Lucrezia, that devout woman I've already mentioned, who was Philip's spiritual daughter. In order to encourage her to pray, Philip had set her a specific time during the night for her to devote to prayer, adding that if she failed to get out of bed at the set time, he would be sure to call her. Whenever she was overcome with sleep and did not get up at the time he had prescribed, she would hear Philip's voice in the silence, though he himself was far away, calling her to prayer and encouraging her to get up and pray. When she was suffering from a fever, she did not get out of bed for many days, until one day Philip sent to tell her that she must come without fail the following day to hear Mass at the Church of San Girolamo. Amazingly, the following morning, she found herself quite well and strong enough to leap out of bed and come to the church to attend Mass and come safely home. She was loud in praise of Philip's virtues 
and continue to live for many years. It was she to whom Philip one day predicted that she would suffer great temptations to intemperance during her morning confession. And indeed, that same night she experienced these through the agency of the devil, but overcame them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, apostle of Rome, gentle guide of youth, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One day when Father Jonathan Robinson, the priest who introduced the Oratorian way of life to Canada in 1975, was talking to one of the great musicians of our age, a great, very, very talented musician in North America. And Father Robinson said to him, you know, St. Philip understood musicians. He understood you. And the man who was uh, wanting to work for oratorians uh, concurred. And that sympathy that musicians have found with St. Philip, even to this day, goes back to St. Philip's own life. That St. Philip was the spiritual father, not only of Palestrina, who's considered the sort of great proponent of Roman polyphony, uh, but also of Giovanni Anamuccia. And Anamuccia was from Florence, like Philip, they were almost exactly the same age. And he came to Rome around the year 1550 and led a life of great devotion to music, of composing, of directing the papal choir. But he got dragged more and more into the daily discourses at San Girolamo with St. Philip. And because people were so wearied from listening to two hours of sermons, um, Philip devised various mu musical things to accompany the discourses. And so Anamuccia would recruit singers from his famous Capella Giulia at St. Peter's and they would come over and they would sing um, at the oratory. And St. Philip understood the power of beauty. He understood the nature of music. He understood the musicians themselves. And he understood the profound beauty that musicians have within their souls, the great desire they have to make something beautiful, to sing something beautiful, to create something beautiful. And he was a great spiritual father to many of them in Rome, including the most famous ones. But tonight in our reading, we hear about a very strange incident. And I'm not talking about the mutual vow of chastity that Anamuchia and his wife took. That is also something that is not common, though St. Paul himself speaks about it. And St. Paul himself was always concerned about couples doing this because he knew how temptation can come. And so St. Philip allowed Anamuchia and his wife to make this vow, but they did so with 
St. Philip blessing it, but they did so mutually. Something like this can only be done mutually. But the strange thing is this appearance of Anamuchia three years after he died. I don't know if you noticed in the reading, it skipped from 1571, suddenly 1574. So after Anamuchia died, it seems that for three years, according to our reckoning of time, he was detained in purgatory. Now, what exactly he had done in his life, what kind of sins he had done, or how he had failed to make up for his sins, we're not told. But we know that purgatory, that final preparation for heaven, begins even in this life. Purgatory is for those who are destined for heaven, those who died in Christ's friendship, but imperfectly purified. And it's not impossible to think that, that even Anuchia's kind of strong desire to make this vow of chastity, that even there, although it seemed good, there may have been a lot of self-will there. If St. Philip was hesitant to grant it, he may have seen some kind of self-will, some kind of attachment to his own judgment, attachment to his own ideals. But whatever is the case, Anamuchia died with a certain amount of purgation needed, a certain attachment that had to be purified. And so tonight, let us pray for all the musicians we know. Let us pray that the Lord will strengthen them, that the Lord will guide them through saints like St. Philip to understand themselves and to understand what the Lord truly wants for them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.